welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography, and I'm so excited to have you guys here. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. So I'm really excited for this week's episode because we're chatting with one of my good friends, Jove Meyer from Jove Meyer Events about how to create inclusivity inside the wedding industry. Jove is really passionate about this topic and I'm so thrilled that he decided um, to come on the show and share his um, really helpful advice, his opinions, and his actionable steps that we all can do immediately after listening to the show to start creating a more inclusive experience with our clients. So Jove pri- uh, prioritizes working with the best in the industry and collaborating with businesses owned and operated by women, people of color, and queer people. He's a true advocate uh, for being inclusive inside the wedding industry. And again, I'm so excited that he's here. Joe Meyer Events specializes in creative and personalized weddings that are a reflection of each couple's unique style, personality, and relationship. And I know you guys are gonna love him. So I've got a couple of things to announce before we get started. Um, I'm super excited to let you know that I'm actually going to be part of two online virtual summits. The first summit is called the Honor Summit, and it's created for online creators. Um, So it covers everything from how to promote your online business, how to get started with Facebook ads, and I share about how to start a podcast and find your niche. And I'm really thrilled to have been invited back to the Bookmore Wedding Summit, um, which is an incredible virtual summit just for wedding industry uh, creatives. And the spring session was incredible. I learned so much. I met Maria Bayer there um, and a couple of other uh, podcast guests are also teaching. I think it's about 26 um, industry experts um, and I know you guys are going to love it. And the best part about each of these virtual summits is that it's 100% free to attend. Yep, you don't even, you don't, it's a free seat, you get a free ticket, you can um, attend all five days live, um, and then they both have options to purchase their, um, their replays and the bonuses. So they're each different. One is created, the Honor Summit is created for online creators, and the Bookmore Wedding Summit is really specific for wedding industry. So either one, you can't go wrong. I know you guys are going to love it. Also, don't forget we have a shop. Um, that's where my latest online courses have started a podcast. I've got my e-guys, a couple of freebies for you guys. So um, you can head over there at www.twitchaday.com and click the shop button to find out more. Also, don't forget to visit the website and the blog to read our latest blog post. You can join our newsletter and our fun Facebook group. All right, you guys, that's it. Let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. We have Jove on the line. Jove, can you say hi to everybody? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm sad it's not in person, but I'm thrilled to chat with you. I know. I know. I wish we could do this live, but uh, Corona has other plans for us. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Safety first. I know. I'm super excited to, that you're here today and we're talking about this very important topic. But before we begin, I want you um, to introduce yourself to everybody, tell them a little bit about you, your company, and how you got started. 
Sure. My name is Jove Meyer. I'm the founder and creative director of Jove Meyer Events. We are an event planning and design firm for those who dare to be different. And we're powered by partnerships with fellow small businesses, primarily run by women, people of color, and LGBTQ plus people. Um, I got started actually 12 years ago last week or this okay. week. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, I did my best friend's wedding um, my very first summer in New York City. She was engaged when we lived together in California, and she asked me to help plan her wedding. And that was the beginning. And from there, we have grown and evolved. And now, over 200 weddings later, here we are. That's amazing. Well, we've we've known each other for a very long time. I feel like yeah. we, we met at Entwined, like when they first started. Yep. And we've done a bunch of weddings together. So I'm so excited you're on the show. So what, um, from your friend's first wedding, what sort of sparked your, you know, interest or like saying, oh, I think this is what I want to do? Well, I've always been a creative person. Ever since I was a kid, I spent my youth at the Boys and Girls Club in the arts and crafts room. So I was always a maker and creatively involved in everything. And the second half of me was always hyper organized. I'm that person that like everything in the house has a place and you need to put it in the place. And I'm that person (laughs) that's always on time and that makes a schedule and loves a spreadsheet. So it kind of fell into place in many ways. Um, Being organized and creative really sort of our perfect fit for the event planning world and the event design world. And so I did her wedding out of friendship and out of joy. And we were very poor college students, both waiting tables. And um, it was a shoestring budget, but it was just so much fun bringing love to life for my best friend. And so I did her wedding and then I did another friend's wedding and then I did another friend's wedding. And then I was like, you know what? I really like this. And I was actually on track to go to law school. That was my original plan for moving to New York. And I kind of decided this was more fun and exciting and, you know, informally began the business really through friends. That's amazing. I didn't even know you wanted to be a lawyer. Yeah. So um, the plan was Columbia undergrad, Harvard Law School, and that's what I was on track to do. I didn't have friends. I didn't have a life. I was studying night and day and working to pay the bills and then volunteering, you know, getting that perfect, well-rounded resume for law school while studying for the LSATs was a full-time job. I wanted to be a human rights lawyer, um, focusing in workers' comp um, and helping workers who had been abused or taken advantage of gain their legal rights. And that was the original plan. Um, And then I dated a lawyer and I learned that I would make $35,000 a year in that field. And I would be in debt almost close to a million dollars. So I would owe more every month than I would make. And so it wasn't really a sustainable thing. Um, I also learned I didn't love college it's not wasn't my thing and so three more years of intense education didn't sound great to me yeah totally oh my gosh yeah that it's a it's a hard entryway to get into to be a lawyer (laughs) it is and a lot of people sell out eventually you know or to start in corporate law mostly because they owe so much money and corporate law starts at six figures and so you can live a nicer life and also pay off your debt um what I learned was you know law that really affects positive change for the underprivileged people is something that has to be done with 
by those with resources. And I didn't have resources and my family didn't have resources. And so being super in debt and working for very low wages would also make me an underprivileged person working for underprivileged people (laughs) that couldn't afford to live in New York City or really anywhere. Right, right. Well, it's so interesting because that actually kind of ties into our topic today, which is, you know, creating inclusivity in the wedding industry, Mm. you know, like sort of bringing barriers down and bringing, you know, inviting more people into sort of our businesses and attracting other clients. And that's why I'm really excited that you're here because I know that you're super passionate about it. We've had a lot of talks about it. Yeah. I mean, to me, love is for everyone and everyone falls in love, but somehow the wedding industry has been predominantly visually skinny, white, straight people. And it's finally changing in a big way, you know, in, in a huge part to Black Lives Matter movement that has really already sent seismic shifts and, and movements in our industry from all the major publications. But I think we can take it a step further, right? It's like gay people had their moment, black people now have a moment, but there's a lot of other people who are othered, who are minorities, who are forgotten, that I just feel like deserve to be celebrated because they also fall in love and they also get married. Right, yeah. So what does being inclusive mean to you? Being inclusive means to me, means really being thoughtful of anyone who's different from you. It's super easy to include yourself and to think of life in your own bubble, in your own way, right? I'm a gay white male. So it's easy for me to think of life in that bubble. But I think being inclusive is really stretching outside of your own life, your own life experiences, your own bubble, and thinking about others that you don't know anything about whether it's someone of a different skin color, a different ethnicity, a different size, a different sexuality, whether it's someone with a disability, you know, someone from a different country. I think that is really, for me, what it's about, is is thinking beyond your own bubble and learning and encouraging the understanding of other people's bubbles so that you can expand your own. Yeah, I love that going outside of your bubble. So what does not being inclusive mean? Like what, how do we, you know, how would you define that? I think not being inclusive is staying in your own bubble, living in your own world, doing what's comfortable and easy. And the key word is easy because being inclusive takes work. Being not inclusive doesn't. It's easy to live in the world that you know, that you exist in, that you're comfortable in, especially if you're a person of privilege. You know, if you're if you're a cisgender white person in America, you have privilege without even knowing it. You walk into a store and you have privilege. You apply for a job. You have privilege. The salary you get offered is a privileged salary. Um, And whether you were raised privileged or not doesn't matter. Right. And so for me, I think it's really all about putting in the effort and the work to go outside the bubble, to make the effort to get to know something different than what you're used to. And so in our wedding industry, yes, a lot of people in America are a certain color, but they're not a certain size. They're not a certain gender. They're not a certain um, ability or disability type person. They're, you know, like I think we really just have to stop thinking within our own limited scope and expand that um, to really welcome everybody because it's, it's something I say, it's like shopping, 
right? If you go into a store and they don't have what you're looking for, how long are you really going to stay? Right. Right. Like if I am looking for my size clothing and the store only offers extra small and I'm a medium, I'm not going to stay in that store. I'm going to go somewhere else. And so when couples come to your website, how long are they going to stay if they don't see any images that look like them or their life experience, or they don't read any words that are welcoming and including to them, but in fact, they're exclusive or exclusionary. So it's small tweaks, but I think we can all do better at welcoming more people into our industry. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so now that we know what being inclusive is, how can we as wedding professionals start to implement these, as you say, small tweaks and changes into our businesses? Maybe maybe give us like a broad scale and then maybe a smaller scale. Sure. I mean, I think it definitely starts with awareness, being aware that you're living in your bubble and you're promoting your bubble only. <laughs> and once you're aware of that, which we all have done, right? Because it's comfortable and it's easy and the world and life is hard enough. So we usually find the path of least resistance wherever we can, it's human nature. So starting with awareness that I'm not as inclusive as I would like to be, or I'm not as inclusive as I could be. And once you have your awareness, then I think the next step is to really make a list of actionable items for your business. In our industry, everyone is so different from flowers to stationery to photo to food, right? Like, how do you make food inclusive, right? It's like, right. it's not going to be the same for a photographer as it is for a caterer. So how in my particular business can I be better about welcoming everyone? Um, and what that means as a planner, right? So in terms of menus, we're going to look at food types and people who have allergies and aversions and intolerances. We're going to look at accessibility. Is the venue wheelchair accessible? Um, rather than thinking of a guest in a wheelchair as a burden, think of them as a blessing. And really, instead of waiting for the client to say, oh, my uncle's in a wheelchair and feel bad about it or feel shame about it, it's part of your new protocol. Do we have any guests with disabilities? If so, what are those disabilities, right? It's really all in retraining our brain to a broader audience of people. We're so used to assuming everyone is straight, white and able-bodied and thin that we forget that there's a whole world of people out there who are not that. So yeah. I think it's important to really take a good deep look at your business and your processes. And the number one key thing is to stop assuming and start asking. It's really so easy to just assume everyone is like you or everyone is similar to your other clients. But really it's not that much more work to just ask, hi, is there anyone of a particular religion that we should be aware of? Is there anyone of a particular disability we should be aware of? Is there anyone with a particular food aversion that we should be aware of? Is there anyone, you know what I mean? Like asking these questions will only make us better and stronger at the services we provide because we're in the hospitality industry. Right. And I think we have to remember that we are here to serve and we are here to create amazing guest experiences. And our client is number one, but every guest matters because if a few guests don't have a great time because they weren't thought of or included, then not everyone had a great time. And then really 
was it the best possible event for our clients? No, right? Like a wedding is about love and joy. And if someone comes in and is struggling because they don't fit or they weren't thought about or they weren't welcomed or included, that's hard. And I think we just have to imagine that that's us. If we were that guest at that wedding, how would we feel? If I walked up to a wedding in a wheelchair and there was no elevator, there was no ramp, there was no plan for me, I would feel terrible. And then I also wouldn't want to bother anyone. I'd be like, I'm a burden on these people. And that's not the case at all. And so I don't think people in the wedding industry have bad intentions or are malicious or are exclusionary generally by nature. But I just think there's a whole world of people we've kind of forgotten about that we could all be better at including and thinking about in our planning stages and in our preparation stages so that we are inclusive. Yeah, I love that. And I think for the photographers listening, I just, you just said something. It was so, I was like, oh yeah, I should ask on my forms, like, is there anyone that I should be, you know, are there any disabilities for photos? You know, should we make provisions for? Like, that's such a good thing to ask that I never even thought of. So thank you. That was... And it's just such a simple thing, right? Yeah, but then yeah. what it does is it alleviates the stress, the emotional toll that that person is going to have to go through now in front of everyone else. Right. Right. Like imagine, and there are so many things I'm, 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 I'm on this disability ability conversation at the moment, but there are so many you know, things that we can talk about. But imagine your whole life, if you're in a wheelchair and you potentially have felt like a burden, when you travel, when you go somewhere, when you want to do something, asking for help, like it's not your fault, but you always feel bad about it. Right. And on a wedding day, the last thing you want to do is pull attention to you for something you can't control. Right. So it really is just like a, such a small, simple solution on the back end. And it's a simple question that maybe the majority of people will say no, but the few that say yes, you have made their life better and easier and more joyful. I love that. Yeah. Great tip. So good. And it's so, the same for like gender, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. pronouns is a big thing and some people understand it and some people don't understand it, but what's the harm in asking on your intake form and on your website and in your meetings, what's your pronoun? How do you identify? And if they don't know what a pronoun is, it's a great moment for you to ask them <laughs> what they're you know or or to educate them about pronouns and if they do know and it matters to them you've really just made them feel more welcome Mm -hmm. and many people will probably be in the she her he him category that's sort of I'd say the majority of the population but for the minority of people that still matter that maybe use they them they her am or other asking doesn't hurt you and it only helps them. Yeah. So you're creating this inclusivity from the beginning. You're just getting off on the right foot and you didn't even talk to them yet. You set the tone right away on your website, right? It's another simple thing on your intake forms. It shouldn't say bride and groom because now you're presuming everyone is straight. Everyone in the world is straight. When in reality, one in seven are not. And so, yes, again, Queer people are a minority of the population, but we still matter and we still have emotions and we still have feelings and we still want to hire people and get married and spend money. And so 
you know, why make that journey of love and joy painful and a struggle when you could alleviate that by just using the word name or client or even unicorn, you know what I mean? Like put whatever you want. But it's just so funny to me that we don't think that words have power when in fact they really do. Yeah, I think this reminds me of when I had um, I had a, a lesbian couple a long time ago and I shot their wedding and in my contract it said bride and groom and they, she crossed it out and wrote the bride, you know, bride and bride. And that was a wake up call for me. And I was like, oh gosh, I yeah. totally didn't even think of that because it was just like automatic. So yeah. I, I like apologized. I was like, I'm so sorry. She's like, no, no, it's fine. I'm like, no, 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 I'll change it. You know, so that's like client one, client two. Just And you're the sweetest person. And I know that you didn't mean to hurt her like right. at all. That's not who you are. There's not that kind of a bone in your body. But again, it's you're a straight woman living in a straight world. And so that's your bubble. Right. And inclusivity is reaching out. And what I want to encourage all vendors to do is not make the change after someone calls you out and goes through that pain, but do it now. Take a look at your website, your contract, all of your forms, and you can search for the word bride, control S or control F, find or search. And anywhere it says it that you could easily replace it with the word couple, you have now opened up your business and encouraged same-sex couples to stay longer and to live on your website and to absorb your content because they feel they belong there. They feel welcome. And for that couple, you know, they were really chill on the outside, but also they're now saying, oh, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. My gender, my sexuality, my love story is no big deal. Like I'll just fix it myself. But there is pain there. and. Right in planning a wedding, we shouldn't have pain and definitely not from vendors, you know, intentional or not. So I really just think we can all make such small efforts that will have such big impacts on people emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. Um, I think the reality is, is for many of us, if we have not experienced discrimination, if we have not experienced hate, if we have not been the end of a joke or bullied, we're unaware. Right. And, and that's great. I'm, I'm, I don't want anyone to be bullied or harassed or the butt of a joke. But as a gay man who grew up hating myself, being called a faggot, being called a homo, being told, I hope you die, being feeling like the scum of the earth for something that I have no control over, those things come back. Those triggers come back in the smallest ways in reading a word or looking at an image or, you know, and I think we should all be cognizant of other people's pain, even though we haven't experienced it and how we can prevent it. Yeah. And going outside of your bubble. I think it's totally. really important. Yeah. Yeah. So this, so this is my question because as a, like for photographers and speaking for myself too, you know, how they always, you know, the, the, the ad they always say, you know, show what you want to shoot, you know, show what you want to attract. But mm -hmm. what, let's say you you want to be, you, you've taken the time, you've looked and, you know, you've asked yourself, okay, I don't have anything that's, you know, LGBTQ, uh, you know, or trans friendly. And, and this is where I, you know, I want to be inclusive. But how do I create content to attract those type of couples that isn't too 
obvious or like mm-hmm. tokenism, sure. you know, like, like how do you, what would you suggest to people listening to sort of, okay, they've decided that they're going to be more inclusive. They want to, you know, how do you suggest that they, we start doing that kind of stuff that is respectful and sure. honest and authentic without, you know, being, you know, just taking advantage or something like that. Yeah. I, I think that there's a really fine line between, genuinely attracting diversity versus seeing dollar signs in a market you want to enter. (laughs) Right. Right. And I think in our industry, we are made up of so many small businesses. And I think when you make an effort, it's got to be genuine. You're not a big hotel chain that's now seeing market share for queer travelers and trying to get that money. Right. In our industry, you have to mean it because you work with these people one-on-one So I think it has to start with your heart. You have to really be clear on your intentions and why you want to do it. And then from there, language is the first step. We can all control our language really easily. We can go in our websites, on our forms, on our blogs, anywhere we put out language, we can use language that is more inclusive to all people, LGBTQ+, people of color, women, Jewish people, people of different faiths, people of different abilities. We can, we can all do a better job of that. And then if you want to really attract people, imagery is a really powerful tool, especially for photographers. What you do is capture moments of love and joy and details in imagery. And so if you don't have a same-sex couple or a trans couple or a couple of color or a couple of size or a couple of different ethnicities and you want to do that, then I think that there's one of two things you can do. And the first is a style shoot. We all have done style shoots. And in doing a style shoot, the joy is you get to create whatever work you want to attract. And so you can make a cognizant effort to hire models who are trans, who are same sex, who are um, differently abled, who are people of color, who are different sizes. We don't have to go in this world of sticking to what's always been done, i.e. skinny, white, straight, cis people. (laughs) We can really, you have enough of those in your gallery, right? Like a style shoot should be an opportunity of expansion and inclusion. And I think that's the best way to do it. Um, And it works. I mean, I'm a gay man. And I thought when gay marriage passed in New York, my phone would be blowing off the hook. But in reality, many years ago, I only had straight people on my website. I had not done a gay wedding. And I thought that just because I was gay, I would get a gay wedding. But that's not true. So I did a style shoot. And in that style shoot, it was a same sex couple. And literally, I put it up on my website. I put it out in the universe. I put it on social. I put it on the blog. And within a month, I booked my first ever same-sex couple. And it really was because they saw themselves. They saw my effort to attract them. And they wanted that. Mm -hmm. We all want to be seen. We all want to be heard. We all want to be understood. And in hiring vendors, we want them to be excited to work with us. Right. And so by seeing yourself there, I think that that really changes things, right? Like even as a kid, I never saw a gay actor on TV playing openly gay ever. So I never thought it was something I could do when I was a kid, when I wanted to be an actor. 
because I didn't see it. And now there are more and more queer people on TV playing all levels of um, gayness, right? From the most gay to the least gay, whatever that means and their expression of their sexuality. And now younger kids coming up can see that and they can aspire to that. And so I think that's really the right place to start. And then once you put it out there in the universe and you genuinely make effort to attract it, it's gonna come. And then you'll have real images that are not style shoots. Right. And it's what you do with those images, where you put those images. Are they front and center on your website or are they buried in your blog and nobody can find them, right? I think it's all about the energy you put out is what's gonna come back. I love that. And what, what is the second thing? So the second thing I think is really genuinely connecting with causes. So if you, if you, if you don't have the ability to do a styled shoot or you feel like whatever reason it's too much work or it's not in your wheelhouse or in your budget, then connect with an organization that is meaningful and different from your bubble. So if you want to attract trans couples, find a trans organization in a town near you, volunteer with that organization. And then don't only volunteer your time, but volunteer your services. So if you're a photographer, offer up engagement shoots, offer up headshots, offer up family portraits for free to this community as your service. And in turn, you then get those images that you can share and that you can use. But along with it, share why you did it. Hey, this was a community I was unaware of. It's something that I really felt I wanted to connect to. I started volunteering with this organization. I learned so much. I, it changed me for the better. And here's a beautiful couple or person that I met and photographed. And even by doing that, you're genuinely planting seeds. And you're now in, involved with an organization that's meaningful and outside of your bubble. And then from there, you never know, they're gonna have a gala, they're gonna have a fundraiser. And then maybe from that point, you'll photograph that, or maybe the founder is getting married or you, you never know when you plant right. seeds where they're gonna sprout or when they're gonna sprout. And I think we all have this desire for immediacy, the drive-through Instagram, social media, the likes, we want it now, 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 now. But in planting seeds, you never know. They could pop up in a month, a year, five years, 10 years. Yeah, I love that. And people, you know, they always, what's they say? That people won't remember what you say to them, but they will remember how you make them feel. 100%. And yeah, and if you have, you know, if you remember that I treated you this, with respect and had a great time with you, you might say, oh, my, I'm getting married or, you know, my daughter's having a party. You know, you never know when people 100%. think of like, when your name pops into their head because they liked how you made them feel. And on the back end, you have to remember too that you are nervous to work with someone different from you because you may not have that experience yet, but they might also be nervous to hire you because you're different from them. Right. And their inkling is to hire someone who knows them, who understands them, who gets their life experience. And if you're not that person, the only way to become that person is to volunteer, to dive in, to offer your services, to learn. And then once you learn and you feel good in it and you make them feel good and they realize, oh, you know, using Janae as an example, this is a cisgendered straight white woman. Why would she just know anything about being trans or gay? 
But that doesn't matter because you made them feel comfortable. You made them feel beautiful. You made them feel proud. You made them feel powerful. And that's what they're going to remember. And now you've taken down a barrier inside of your heart, but they've also taken down a barrier inside of theirs. And so I think in our work, we can choose to just make pretty things or we can choose to actively make the world a better place through inclusivity and diversity. I love that. And also, what what is your what are your thoughts about being more inclusive with the vendors that you work with? I feel like this is a a good way also to sort of be more inclusive. A hundred percent. And we at Jovar Events for a long time have done that. I predominantly work with small businesses that are owner driven and operated, run by women, people of color, and queer people. It's something that we have always done. Um, I am a small business owner. I am a queer person. I know what it's like in the outside world to be denied for being who I was or to be turned down at a corporate job for being too gay. And so now if I can uplift and empower fellow small businesses run by queer people, women of color and and people of color and women, then I'm going to do that. I'm going to use my business, my power, my client's money to empower those people who have not always been uplifted, those people who have not always been supported or in the, in the spotlight. And so it is a mission for us. And it's on our website, literally on the landing page. We put it there and we're proud of that. And for us, it is a selling point that when you work with us, you know that our relationships with our fellow creative collaborators, they matter and they're intentional. I'm not trying to just get the best deal or I'm not just trying to hire the biggest company with the the greatest name or the greatest Instagram followers, but I'm hiring a human and giving them an opportunity to grow their network and their business and their platform. And in doing so, you're affecting change. And a really simple example, we have a caterer that we love and she's a queer woman. And when she had a restaurant in her catering operation, she hired a trans person to work there. And that trans person couldn't get another job. Nobody would hire them. And it was heartbreaking for me to hear that. But this caterer hired them. And so by hiring that caterer and giving them business and they provide an amazing service, they're using that revenue to hire people who also have maybe been misunderstood or othered by society. And so it's this beautiful cycle where you can make your wedding money, your wedding budget count and go towards something powerful. And we are actually working on an ally pledge. Um, We've always had a mutual understanding at Joe Meyer events that all of our collaborators were allies and were love inclusive and race inclusive and gender inclusive. But now we're actually going to stop assuming I'm taking my own words (laughs) and (laughs) I'm going to start asking. And so um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be releasing our ally pledge. And it's a pledge that I think is a beautiful pledge for vendors to come together and speak out against and fiercely deny racism, sexism, sizeism, transphobia, queerphobia, misogyny, ageism, anti-Semitism, ableism, classism, all these things that we aren't thinking about and probably are actively supporting or speaking out against. And so I'm doing it. I'm putting my mouth, my money where my mouth is, and I'm, I'm making a pledge 
and I'm going to have every vendor sign it. And if the vendor doesn't sign it because they don't agree to equality and diversity, we will not collaborate with that vendor. Well, you know, I'll sign it. (laughs) I know you will a hundred percent. And I'm confident. I'm confident that the majority of the people that I've worked with for the years that I've been in this business will sign it. And what I hope is, is it's a, a point of awareness for you and for everyone who signs it like, Oh, I never knew what this was. I never knew what that was. Like, I didn't know there was a word for that. And you were probably already supportive of it, but I want it to be a learning tool, but also I want vendors to start sharing it with their own couples. Like I'm proud to be an ally and I'm proud to support this and to not support this. And I think it's something in our industry, we've never had standardization or a code of ethics or certification. You know, to become a lawyer, there's clear steps and education and tests and protocol. But to be a wedding vendor, it's the wild, wild west. You start an <laughs> Instagram page and a website and you're a vendor. And so right. I'm not trying to start a whole new you know, system of validating vendors, but I do want to begin to have the conversation around ethics and inclusivity and diversity in our community. And I think that conversation is happening. It's happening now, but it's happening separately right? Like Black Lives Matter is really focused on racism as they should be. It's a a systemic problem. LGBTQ plus people are focused on on homophobia and transphobia as they should be. It's a big problem. But I think that unless all of us othered minorities come together, we're just going to be better if we stand together as a group of of other, of different, of fabulous, but not norm. You know, if we all come together, then I really just think um, we'll be stronger for it. We'll be better off for it. And I, as a white person, if I'm out there literally speaking out against racism, even though I'm not black, it's better for all of us. And if a black person who's not gay is speaking out against homophobia and transphobia, we're all better off. And if a straight white woman named Janae is speaking out against everything she's not, but stands for, we're all benefiting. You know what I mean? And so that's what I'm hoping that this pledge will achieve. I love it. Yeah. Sign me up. (laughs) I will. Yeah. On board. It's going through a lot of rounds of edits and I'm making sure that every person on this pledge, um, that someone uh, from each community sees it and gives me their feedback. I don't want to be the only person making this, but I do think it's a great first step in our industry. And I think it's great for people to know where we stand and for us to proudly say, I'm an ally and I don't stand for hate. And I think um, it's really exciting. And I think that more and more couples care about that. They want to know where their money's going. They want to know the person they're hiring is not only talented, but that they're a good human. Right. And so this is how we're going to do that. I love it. I know Black Lives Matter has been really powerful. especially. I mean, even for me, like, you know, we live in the city and, you know, diversity is just always around us. And it's just, it was just so eye-opening to like, you hear talk, you talk about privilege and stuff like this and things I didn't even know Mm -hmm. I had that wasn't aware of. And I feel like I'm very open about everything, you know, like that serving everyone. And I was, it took 
a few weeks for me to like really process and learn and understand. And I, you know, I'm forever grateful for that because I feel like I'm just a better person because of of what I've learned. I mean, education is lifelong, right? And we don't know what we don't know until we know it. And so um, some of us seek out education. We're hungry to learn and to grow outside of our bubble. And others have to wait for the bubble to be poked or popped before we explode or exploded. (laughs) And, you know, whatever the method is that gets you there, I just think education is powerful and knowledge is powerful and change is not always easy. But if we can commit ourselves to changing, that's the first beautiful step, right? Is it's like, I am not perfect. I make mistakes. I have said racist things, homophobic things, sexist things. I'm sure. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm perfect and that I am the king of inclusivity and diversity. No, absolutely. I've used microaggressions or I've said things that I thought were funny that were not funny. And, right. you know, now more than ever, we're all learning. I mean, the, this, this movement is powerful and needed and long overdue. And I really hope that from this comes real change from people, from businesses and from government. It's not just a, another sort of like powerful moment, but that it, the momentum pulls us into real actionable change. And I think as business owners, we can all take a look at how we can be better and we've got the free time to do it. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) I I don't have any weddings. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like 2021 we're gonna be awesome and you know what I wanted to touch on one for one second when you talked about in the beginning about how our industry the wedding industry has changed because of this movement and it's so incredible to see I mean bizarre style brides everybody yeah everybody and you know what good for them yeah yeah good for them I'm sorry it took so long and I'm 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 like frustrated that it was not happening before, but you know what? It's happening now. And, right. and it's on all of us to keep them accountable and also for us to keep ourselves accountable. Like, yes, right. these big media brands are finally including people of color, not only on their lists, but in their imagery and in their website and in their language. And that's beautiful. But now how can we all do that on a small level, right? right. Like it's so easy to point and be like Harper's, you're a racist. You never had any people of color on your list. I know the people that make that list. I know that they're not racist, but now they're actively aware of including people of all colors. And and how are we who are pointing all the fingers and on our keyboards doing that in our own business, in my own company, in my own heart and in my own mind, in my own conversations, in my own thoughts, Right. Right. Like, how do I fight racism every day? Right. When I see a person of color, what's the thought that comes through my head because of the racist society that I was raised in? And how do I erase that, edit that and put a new thought forward? Yeah, it's all about education and making and 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 like, I think just acknowledging you even had that thought and be like, totally, this this is wrong. You know, how do I fix it? And it's uncomfortable to acknowledge our shortcomings. And it's, it's uncomfortable to say I might have racist tendencies or homophobic tendencies or, you know, anti-Semitic tendencies. Like I might have that and it might come from my parents or it might come from my faith or it might come from my community or my upbringing, but we can't change it till we acknowledge it. Exactly. 
Exactly. So as we close out, I love giving my audience, you know, actionable items. We're all about tips here and things to do. So if you could share five tips that people can start doing today to create a more inclusive experience for their clients or their couples. I know we touched on a bunch of them throughout the show, but maybe just highlighting your top five. Yeah, I think... I think tips are great and actionable items are great. So I would say number one, first tip is to stop assuming everyone is like you. Stop assuming everyone is straight, everyone is white, everyone is Christian <laughs> and able-bodied. Stop assuming right. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, stop autopilot. In our careers, we get into a flow and that flow is often autopilot. And with photographers, particularly with these super cheesy poses, our autopilot tells us that everyone wants PDA, that everyone wants to be a celebrity like Kim Kardashian, that everyone wants to be sexy or wants to feel a certain way. Turn off that autopilot and start over. Stop presuming, start asking. Um, Number three, be more thoughtful in your language, and in your images. Take a moment and think before you post. Think before you speak. Think before you type. Is this inclusive or exclusive? It's a really simple question. In your images on social media, on your website, how often do I have to scroll to find someone that is not a thin white person? (laughs) Thin white straight person, right? How often? Make a rule for yourself if you like rules. Every four posts is diverse. Every four posts is something different. Every five posts is something inclusive as a way to train yourself to be more inclusive until it becomes a habit for you. And natural. And natural, exactly. Number four, use your time for good. We all have time and how we use it is what makes or breaks your life, right? So use it for good. Use it to remove hate and insert love. And whether that's time online, time volunteering in person, or time in your industry, or time with your family, use your time to spread inclusivity and diversity. You have to be an active ally. You can't just say you are anti-racist. You have to be anti-racist in your actions. So if you hear a racist joke from a friend, as uncomfortable as you may feel, you have to call them out. If you hear someone say, oh my God, that's so gay. It's not appropriate to say that. And you have to call that out. So use your time. And lastly, use your resources. We all have various resources, whether it is our money, it is our business, it is our homes, it is our offices, it is our social media, it is our voice. Use your resources for good. Use the tools that you have in your toolbox to help make the world a better place. Um, I think that we all have different tools and we all have different strengths, but if we use what we're good at and what we have, our own platforms to make the world a better place through our business, we're only better for it. And others are only better for it. And the world is only better for it. So those are my five tips. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Thank you so much. I I feel I'm so moved. I feel like this is maybe one of the best podcast episodes I've ever recorded. You are too kind and you have to say that. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I just, I really thank you so much for being here and I really hope 
the people, our audience who's listening, that you are inspired by Jove and his words and you you do what he said, you know, just sort of little baby steps make I don't know. I just feel like you can make a change even from being your small business. You know, like we're small business owners. Yeah. You can make the biggest change because you're going to say what you stand for and what you don't stand for and other people will follow you. And if we all do that, we're five, six, seven million small businesses. We're not a small business when we all come together for the right thing. And even honestly, in sharing this with you, it's reminding me of all the work I have to do and all the things I can still do. So in speaking about it, you know, we're, we're bringing it up to remind ourselves to continue to be better. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for being here, Jove. Let's tell everybody. You're so welcome. Yeah, let's tell everybody how they can find out more about you, your company, and say hello online. Sure. Our website's jovemeyerevents.com. Instagram is jovemeyer. Twitter's jovemeyer. And Facebook is jovemeyerevents. And um, I would love to connect with you. So send me a DM, slide into my DMs on Instagram <laughs> if you have any questions, comments, concerns, um, or you just want to chat. I love community and I love connecting. Awesome. Well, I'll put all this information in the show notes so you guys can just swipe up and say hi to Joe. Joe, thank you so much for being here. You're so welcome. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you.